Alrighty, first up tonight, we're going to celebrate World Potato Day, which, as we mentioned, was on Monday just past. It's the ultimate carb. It's one of the most versatile foods in the world and a staple in so many of our diets. So I thought tonight we'd go right to the source and speak with a potato farmer. Now, John Hill and his family have been farming potatoes in the southern highlands of New South Wales for decades. They're known as the Hill Family Farming. John joins us on the line tonight. Hello, mate. How you going? Very well. We talk about World Potato Day. Every day's World Potato Day for you. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you're correct. Tell us about your family because you've been in the game since the early 1900s. Yeah, yep. Uh, my uh, great-grandmother had the farms. <laughs> nice. And then, and then um, my father managed to buy them all back and uh, we bought the last one in 89. When interest rates were through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> and your whole entire family's involved. You've got your brothers and your wife and their wives, and even the next generation, the fourth generation, is coming through. Yeah, my son, he's involved too, yep. And he's what, he's 26 now, so he's starting <laughs> to get into it. Yeah. Now, John, the one I like to think of myself as a little bit of a potato connoisseur because I love <laughs> eating potatoes, and I really took the next step when I went down to my local growers market, mm. and I now have, and don't laugh, Luke, yeah. I have a potato guy. Do you? <laughs> I got a potato guy down at my local markets. Now, John, the one thing that I didn't know before I really delved into it, potatoes aren't just potatoes, are they? There's a million different types, oh. styles, and varieties, and I don't think people really know that, do they? No, but they're getting a bit more educated. Like you've got your salads and your mashing and your bakers, and then even we go crisping potatoes too for um, for for that go into um, kettle chips. Oh, crisping oh. potatoes! Now here's the thing: so because my favourite is the Aegean sunrise. Like I'm a mad advocate oh, yeah. for the Aegean sunrise. So if I was doing a bake tonight with the missus, mm. what sort of potato am I using? Oh well, I'd go for a King Edward. King Edward. So very hard, yeah, very hard to find. Mm-hmm. And you do a bit of oil around the outside and the skin, the skin goes really crispy. And then when you bite into it, the inside's light and flowery. Oh, do, do, do you know what I do there, John? I also get a little bit of duck fat and just dust them with a little bit of duck fat and then turn that yep. heat up to 220. Oh, geez, I tell you what, it's a heart attack waiting to happen, but geez, they taste good. And you're pretty switched on. You know, <laughs> he, has a, he has a potato guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not here for my good looks, John. I can categorically tell you that. Now, tell us a little bit about the process of growing potatoes, because I mean, I don't. They sit under the ground. What do you do? Yep. Yeah, um, well, we can't have potatoes growing when there's frosts around. Right. So ours are just about to come through the ground, and hopefully by the beginning of. Oh, next week, the week after, they'll be up and we won't have too many more frosts to knock them around. And um, so we just plant them and put a bit of fertiliser underneath them and then generally look after them. Use a fair bit of water to grow potatoes and um, watch out for the potato blight. Keep right. an eye on that. Right. And, and then try and get as much yield out of them to um, keep us financially viable. Is there a peak season for potato growing? There is, well, there is for us because it all is about the um, the frost free days mm. and and day length and soil temperature. So from the time that I put a potato, what do you start with? Do you start with a seed? I mean, what what do you start with with a potato? Uh, a seed potato actually is a potato mm. that's grown in 
in conditions where there's less likely to be disease in the paddock, mm. like it, like disease for potato diseases, like you get a scab or, or anything like that or anything that will affect the plant. So in the paddocks where we grow seed, we only grow in at least once in five years. So we have for at least a five-year break from the last crop to, to try and keep the disease issues down. And we generally grow our seed away from our standard market crops. Hey, John, I'm, I'm taking notes feverishly here because <laughs> my potato guy, I'll tell you what, he's going to be so impressed with me next Saturday. But from for, for, from the time that you decide to start to grow a potato to the time that I can put them in my oven, hmm. what's the turnaround time? Um, if we were doing Atlantics to go in kettle chips, yep. that'd be 90 days. Mm-hmm. If we're doing Sebagos, which Robertson potatoes are, are mainly Sebagos, and they take about 120 days to grow. So that, it all depends on the variety. And something like a Dutch cream's probably about 125 to 128 days mm. because they just take longer to mature and a longer growing plant. I want to know about potato storage, John, because how long do they last and where should we keep it? Because I know some people put it in the fridge, some people put it on their bench. I've heard of people putting it under their sink, even on the windowsill, so they get a bit of sun. What is the correct way? Oh, never on the windowsill. You don't want to ripen a potato. A green potato, they make you really sick. (laughs) Right. I hope my wife's not listening because I peeled a couple of them a few weeks back and I said, don't worry, she'd be right. I'll just put them in. Uh, don't eat those ones. They're not good for you. So um, green potatoes, yeah, that's no good. A cool, dark spot is the best thing, not in plastic. And um, in the olden days and that, people used to sort of store them under their house, cool and dark, mm. as cool as you can. Um, some varieties you actually can keep in the fridge, but other varieties, if you put them in the fridge, it changes the starches and the sugars around. And say a chipping variety where if you want to make chips, it will your chips will go black if they get too cold. There you go. Can you freeze potatoes? Uh, you can, but you've got to treat them first, and and the average household sort of doesn't want to go down there. Oh, we uh, a lot of potato chips when you see people advertising Belgium chips and things like that. Well, they're coming from Belgium, and they've been snapped and they're frozen, and and, and a lot of fruit. Uh, fish and chip shops use frozen chips. Really? Well, there you go. Well, they're seventy nine percent water, apparently. Yeah, and it's so they've they've specially they're sort of treated so as they can be frozen. Right? So talk me talk me through this. And if they're seventy nine percent water, yes. And I basically live on meat and potatoes. Yeah. And my wife always tells me I shouldn't eat so many potatoes because I get too fat. Healthy. Why do I get fat from eating so many <laughs> potatoes if they're seventy nine percent water? Oh, I, I, I don't know. Um, I'd have to really check the rest of your diet. <laughs> I wouldn't think it was fun. Oh, check, mate. Thank you, John. What I do love, though, is that while different foods and flavours go in and out of favour and we have different food trends and we see it, they come and go, potatoes are always going to be around. They're always in fashion, aren't they, John? Yeah, they're always in fashion and... Um, the at the moment the um, brush potato is losing its market share a bit to wash potatoes, mm. but generally the brush potato will store longer, and and generally taste better. But but they they've been around forever. Like I don't know when they started, but 
It's well before I was born. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, <laughs> a long time. I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking about your last statement, John, and I guess maybe the half a stick of butter that I put in my mashed potatoes <laughs> probably doesn't assist the scenario, does it? Oh, I'd say that could be somewhere towards it, yes. <laughs> that, that could be, could be the problem. So, John, with a potato, or so with, with a product that is, 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 I mean, it's so traditional, right? Like, it, it, a potato is a potato. How do you stay in front of the game? How do you reinvent yourself, and how do you provide new things to the market, or do you provide new things to the market? Well, we started doing Kiflers and Dutch creams and lots of other potatoes, and we, we do a few um, growers' markets to try and keep up with the trend and mm. see how people are going. And this last season, um, Brush Tobago's the average, they've been the one leading, so it's, it's, it hasn't been reinvented, uh, like it's sort of come back to... Everyone's been saying how good they are, and we've been run off our feet for them. Really, you mentioned uh, before. You mentioned before about the seed. You mentioned about seeded potatoes. Put them to a side for a minute. Mm-hmm. A normal potato. Where does it start? I mean, are you starting it from a, 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 a cob? Are you starting it from a? What does it start with? A potato. One potato breeds another potato. They're like people. <laughs> if you keep your potatoes too long, they will start to shoot. Yep. And that is the start of the next plant. Ah, there you go. You learn something new every day. I love this. And we've done that tonight. It was World Potato Day on Monday. And now we know not just a little bit, but a whole lot more about the humble spud. And hey, with John Hill from the Hill Family Farming of the Southern Highlands, we all now have a potato guide. John, really appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for having me. We'll take a break on the Food and Wine Show. And on the other side of that, we're going foraging.